Welcome to a talk from St Saviour's Sunbury. We hope it blesses you. Uh, we're going to be um, dipping through a few Bible verses this morning, so if you have got your Bible with you, do uh, take it out. If it's on your phone, feel free to uh, open up the app. Uh, if you like one, the hosting team will bring one round to you if you want to put your hands up. We're going to be having a look at a few verses from the Old Testament. Uh, we're going to be looking at Leviticus, Deuteronomy, Proverbs, and then we'll, um, I'll just leave you with something from Matthew in Jesus' own words. Uh, A woman called her pastor and said to him, Pastor, I don't know if you've heard, but my husband had a heart attack and he's in the hospital. And the pastor said, No, I didn't know that. I hadn't heard. And how is he? And she said, Well, he's doing well. They said he wouldn't have to have surgery. He just needs to stay in hospital for a few days and rest. And so that's what he's doing. But he can't have any excitement. And I have a problem, she said. I just found out that we won the lottery and we've won two million. And he said, well, what's the problem? She said, well, how do I tell him? It could kill him because he would get so excited. She said, Pastor, can you come to the hospital and help me share that news with him in a way that could kind of slowly leak out and help his heart? And the pastor said, well, sure, of course. So he came to the hospital. He went with the wife. They went to the room. He began to talk to the man. They just exchanged some pleasantries. And then he began to move the conversation forward. And he said to the man, now, Joe, just hypothetically, suppose you won the lottery. And suppose it happened to be two million. Just for laughs, what would you do with it? He said, Pastor, I'd take a million of it and give it to the church. And with that, the pastor dropped dead with a heart attack. Yeah. Money, we're going to be talking about money. It's been said that the most sensitive nerve in the human body is the one that connects your wallet to your heart. I'm super thankful for all that God has been doing uh, over the last four weeks as we've been looking at the theme of Money Matters. Uh, Thank you to those of you who have responded already. Uh, If you are able to, you can sign up here to give, uh, whether it's a one-off donation or to give uh, weekly, monthly, however it is that you are able to give. love you to take one of these away. If you haven't got one, you could put up your hand now, and again, the hosting team will come and let you have one of these. But thank you so much for those of you who have already uh, made an offering, etc. And if you do that weekly, week in, week out, month in, month out, we are so grateful because we wouldn't be able to operate as a church without you. We don't get any support from any other body. Uh, we've got some money that we got from the Church of England in order to make us a youth minister, to plough into our youth work here. But the general running, the day-to-day stuff, to employ a, a worship director, uh, a, an office manager, the, uh, all those kind of things that happen in here to serve tea and coffee, we don't get a bean from anyone else. It all comes from your, uh, your wallet. So thank you so much. If you are able to give and gift aid it, can you make sure that you let Barbie, who's our finance director, know And if you use one of these envelopes to put your name and address on there, that means that we can claim the gift aid back from what you you give us from the government. The government are very generous and allow us to claim that back, which obviously is worth a big percentage to us. So do think about that if you can. Before we begin, I guess, and you're probably thinking, he's already started. Uh, Before we begin, I want to say that today comes with a health warning. Okay, today comes with a health warning. And I, I don't know if we've got a doctor in the house. No, we haven't got a doctor. I do know that there is a nurse. So I, uh, I guess we're all right. I guess we're in safe hands. 
Is it still? Yeah, it is. Well, you can maybe put a blank screen on or something. But let's be honest, so many of us need to make significant changes when it comes to our finances. Maybe you are at the point you are sick and tired of struggling. And the good news, the good news is always here and available to you, is that God has life-changing, life-transforming power, even when it comes to your money. So we've been applying four big thoughts in our services in the last few weeks. Week number one, I talked about less is more. Do you remember that? Less is more, and then I went home and I got rid of all my books because it was that thing of, actually, do I need to accumulate all this stuff? So, you know, lots of my theology books are at the back there. If you want to take some of those home with you and want to make a donation to the big bill, please feel free to do that. Uh, I also, because it was my birthday around about then, which is why I've got the big print Bible because I'm getting older in age. Um, It was my birthday. I got some new shirts, so I went and gave some shirts away. I went, you'll be pleased to hear, I got some trousers, I gave some trousers away. I didn't just give the trousers away first. But I encourage you to do that. Less, less is more. Week number two, we talked about stress is bad. Financial stress is bad. Do you remember the young people? How awesome the young people were if you were here. Okay, do you remember the last time I went to this door? They shouted for us. When I go to this door, which is where all our young people are, we're going to shout and applaud them. Okay? And you can shout out anything that you want to do to encourage these young people on their journey with God. You ready? One, two, three. This is, this is for you. This cheering and shouting is for you guys. We think, we think that you are awesome. Bless you. There you go. Mutual appreciation. Let's encourage one another on this journey. Week number three, last week, we talked about giving is good. It is more blessed to give than it is to receive. And today, we're going to talk about tomorrow matters. Uh, Is there another picture of um, something else up there? (laughs) Don't worry. It's not always going to be about me, guys. Uh, This is a picture. I found it in the loft. Uh, It's it's up there. And this is a picture of the guy. What What a beard. Uh, he was the assistant curate of St. Mary's in Sunbury from 1843 to 63. Uh, and he was a free curate from 1863. He developed the missionary work on Sunbury Common, was priest in charge of St. Saviour's Mission Church from 71 to 81. This was the guy, is the reason why we are sat here today, because of this guy who knew that tomorrow mattered, and tomorrow mattered to the people of Sunbury and Sunbury Common. And he would come up here and do something about Jesus being made known in this place. We've got a lot to be thankful for from this guy. And, you know, without a church like St. Stephen's, we probably wouldn't be here at all. So if you don't know the history of this church, uh, it was uh, really kind of in a place where not many people were attending, there wasn't much life here, uh, and a group of people came over from St. Stephen's, and they knew that tomorrow mattered. They knew so much they were willing to give of themselves, to give of their money and their time, And they put a lot of work and effort in here to build and to give us the foundations for what the church that we have today. So I'm very thankful to that guy and to to those of you perhaps that are still around from that time when we planted our St. Stephen's. Uh, I was chatting to a young man the other day, youngish, 
and uh, talking about the, the biggest challenge in his generation. And there's a group of uh, people called the Millennials. If you don't know anything about them, pick yourself up a book about Millennials. It's not all bad. Uh, in fact, a lot of it is very good. Um, but they're called the Millennial Generation. And there's one thing that concerns me, and it's not just for millennials, but it actually impacts every single generation, every single one of us sat in here. Uh, And I think it's the problem we've been conditioned to instant gratification. We are now so conditioned to instant gratification. If I send you a text, I want to see those bubbles coming back pretty quickly, right? Correct? Yeah, I'm laughing, but it's uncomfortable. If I'm watching a video on Netflix, I don't want it to buffer. I want it to be there straight away. If I'm watching a series on Netflix, I don't want to wait until next week for the series for, for episode two to come around. I want to click on and get it straight away. If I'm ordering something from Amazon on my phone, I want next day delivery. In fact, even better if I can get it here now and very soon with drones, I'm pretty sure they're going to be delivering immediately. We've become so conditioned for instant gratification. I want things now. I want things now. I want things now. (laughs) But when we recognize that tomorrow matters, what will it do? It will change how you live today. It will change how you live today. Last week, Roe touched on Matthew 6, and we discovered that money is this amazing indicator of where our hearts are and the condition of our hearts. Your heart's affection will follow where your treasure is. And as a result, money indicates whether or not our hearts truly belong to Jesus. Yeah. Just as... um I'm speaking kind of, I know, as I said at the start, it comes with a health warning. I know how difficult this subject is. I know how difficult it is. But as your pastor, I would say that statement is true. That statement is true. So then, so then you say, okay then, Vicar, how are we supposed to deal with our money? What is it that God wants us to do? What does God expect? And what does the, more to the point, what does the Bible say? Uh, and we're going to learn two, two things that will help us to understand today that tomorrow matters. So two things I want you to take away. Uh, what does God ask us to give him from our finances? What does God ask us to give him from, his, from our finances? Not what, not what Ron Cross is saying, yeah, because that would start with fruit and nut and we'd work out from there. All right? Not what Ron Cross is saying, is what is God asking us to give? And why? Why does God ask us to give that? And if you want to open up your Bibles and find Leviticus, it's near the front. You can turn to Leviticus 27.30. It says, A tithe of everything from the land, whether grain from the soil or fruit from the trees, belongs to the Lord. It is holy to the Lord. And the word tithe in the Hebrew, mazer, literally means one-tenth. Give God one-tenth of all the land. It is holy to him, it is his. Now, some of you might think, well, he's not talking about money. Some of you might think he's talking about time, my time. You're wrong. God never says he only wants 10% of your time, in fact. In fact, he wants all of your time, all of your life, all of the time. Every single second, every breath you take is for the glory of God. 
And some people might think, well, ten a tenth is just subjective. He doesn't actually mean a tenth. It's just kind of maybe a figure where he, he might want us to, to kind of work out and work towards. Uh, but if he didn't mean it, why did he use it? You know, God wants us to give him a tenth of our income. You go to work, you work 40 hours a week, 60 hours a week, whatever, and then every month, every week, however, you get paid, right? You get paid for your work. Maybe you've got some investments. Perhaps you've got a house that you're renting out. Maybe you're getting a pension. Or maybe social services pay you child benefit, child tax credits, working tax credits. Income comes in different guises. Now, I recognize for you at the moment, there's a whole load of alarm bells going off in your head. I realize there's a whole load of alarm bells going off in your head at the moment. So just press snooze. Just press snooze on those alarm bells. Quiet them down. And I realize that if you're married to a non-Christian, if you're married, if you're in partnership with someone, I realize that you can be coming from different starting points about what this means, different understandings. If you're a single person, still the alarm bell's going off, right? If you're a single person, I realize that you're battling. What does he mean? Really? Do I have to give? Okay. I realize that those alarm bells are going off all over the place. But the verse teaches us one-tenth of our income for one very good reason. Because it is the Lord's. It is the Lord's. My reading this morning in Romans, Romans 11. Through him, for him, all things came into being. All things belong to God, and of his own do we give him. Now, uh, consider something visual of what God is asking. I'm not going to do any... Uh, juggling, but let's consider you've got some oranges. Let's line them up along there. And so I've got 10 oranges. Oh, look at that. 10 oranges. And uh, you're going to give one of them to God. Okay. Can you all see? I can't lift the table up because it's going to fall. So we're going to, we've got 10 oranges here. Yeah, stand up if you need to. Get 10 oranges. I'm going to give one of them. You're going to give one of them to the Lord. And you have nine oranges left. For me, that sounds like a pretty good deal. That sounds like a pretty good deal. One of the best steps Ro and I ever took was coming to a place where we had a God-centered view of our finances. And it took us a while to get there. It took us a while. It didn't just happen overnight. In fact, uh, our one was probably more like not even a quarter. A sliver. Not even a sliver to start with. It was probably more like this. That's where we started. So if you've not started before, I'm not telling you you have to leap to 10%. Maybe God will impress upon your heart to give one-tenth of your income to the Lord. But if you've not given, the first step you need to take is to start giving. 
So I challenge you with that today and a story from my place of where we started giving. And one of the things I think that is important for you to understand is that you have to trust. We're going to come to that in a moment. You have to trust the church will steward what you give wisely, and we had to do that ourselves. We get to the point where in our hearts and minds we understand that we we don't actually own it, and you just have to trust. It is for the Lord because tomorrow matters. And you know what? Ro and I realized that we were investing in this franchise with God. It's like, come and get involved in what I'm doing. The franchise being the church and the work of the church. And then you're going to go, well, what happens when something unexpected comes along or something that we particularly want or need? Which table do you take it from? You know, we'll make excuses that, well, we're going to need to to dip into God's 10% here. Uh, You know, the new iPhone comes out. Well, God understands that you need a new iPhone, right? Come on, uh, you're dating the most amazing woman and uh, she's not the kind of girl that you take to Greg's. You know, God's, God's going to understand. You know, he knows he created her. He understands. Uh, he knows that you want to wow her with fancy things. But I think sometimes when we, when we do that, when we take that kind of exchange, we take and spend from what is God's, what we said belongs to him, is holy, well, well eek, eek. This is what God says. Malachi 3.8, Will man rob God, yet you are robbing me? But you say, how have we robbed you? And God says, in your tithes and contributions. God is asking, would we be crazy enough to rob God? Great question. And yet, when we're taking away from what belongs to him, perhaps we are robbing him. And you might go, okay, that's all Old Testament, Ron. So, you know, that was two and a half, three thousand years ago, four thousand years ago. What about the New Testament? Because that's all about Jesus. Does Jesus affirm the idea of tithing of giving one-tenth of your income to God, yes. And if you've got your Bibles open, check out Matthew 23, 23, and I'll leave that there. Take that verse home with you if you want to find out what Jesus says. Why does God ask that of us? Why would this creator who has everything at his disposal need one-tenth of our income? Well, because he wants you to trust him. He wants you to learn to trust him. The practice of tithing, of giving one-tenth, allows us to take God, if you like, and put him in his rightful place, in the place of trust, in our hearts, in our lives, in our actions, in our words, in our deeds. You know, but we want to push back on this idea of tithing. Alarm bells continue to go off in our head. We, we want to give first, but we can't afford the 10%. You know, we've got all these exotic places to visit. We've got all these hobbies we want to do. We want to eat at nice restaurants. We've got bills to pay. And the problem is, you know, we've got champagne appetites and lemonade budgets. Or for me, I've got a hotel chocolate appetite and a fruit and nut budget. (laughs) And as a result, we tell God that we can't give him what he's asked for. Because we've got to give it to the bank or the credit card company or the takeaway place. We've got to give them what they're asking for. And this is where I love this. The principle of the firstborn comes into play. It asks us to give first to God. When we give to God first, it takes an amazing amount of faith. 
and it takes trust. I want to open up to Deuteronomy 14.23. Before the Lord your God, in the place that he will choose to make his name dwell there, you shall eat the tithe of your grain, of your wine, and of your oil, and the firstborn of your herd and flock, that you may learn to fear the Lord your God always. Now imagine, imagine you're in the Old Testament. If you've got sandals on today, you're part of the way there. And you and your wife, you and your partner, you're going to start a cattle business. You take all your money and you buy a cow and a bull. You breed them together and the cow gets pregnant. You celebrate, you turn a profit. Things are looking up. There is hope. Then you turn to the Bible, you read the principle of the firstborn and you say to yourself, ah, why did I have to open the Bible on that page? And you start praying to God, God, you really mean the firstborn? Really, I've only just got this one. It may be the only thing we're ever going to get. And God looks at you and what does he whisper? Does he mean your first and your best? The answer is yes. When I was prepping this at sermon, lots of people asked me about the oranges, but my son came to me and uh, he said, what's the deal with the oranges, Dad? I said, well, I'm going to be teaching the church about tithing, about giving one-tenth of your income, the first tenth of your income to God. He said, oh, that's really interesting. He said, you want to give God your best orange, wouldn't you? You wouldn't want to give him the one that's kind of moldy and old and mottled. You'd want to give him your best. I think my son might have got the idea of tithing already. Well, out of the mouths of babes, I know so much babes. He wants our best. He wants us to invest in this franchise with him. He wants us to show, to prove that tomorrow matters. If you want to bless the heart of God, you walk in faith. And without faith, it's impossible to please God. So with faith, you blow God's mind. He absolutely loves it. Anytime Jesus encountered someone with faith, his jaw would just drop. Jesus loved encountering people with faith. Just read through the Gospels, the four books, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Now that might mean in reality for some of you where the rubber hits the road, you might have to forego a coffee at Costa's. You might have to forego Netflix. You might have to tell God that I love you more than I love coffee or more than I love the movies. For some of you, you may have to get incredibly radical and give up your mortgage. And you might have to say, I love you, God, more than I love my house, my castle. For some of you, maybe it's as radical as that. Forget about keeping up with the Joneses. Think about being faithful with your God. Proverbs uh, 6, uh, 6 to 8. And I love this verse. If you, if you can find it, it's, Proverbs is kind of halfway through your Bible. If you get hit Psalms, you're just about there. Uh, it makes me laugh. Solomon, who wrote this uh, proverb, uh, I think he was being a bit of a smart aleck. Uh, he's got this little edge to him. Here's what he says. I, I go to the ant... Go to the ant, you sluggard. Don't you just love that word, sluggard? If you don't know what that word means, look it up. Don't be a sluggard. I want to call somebody else a sluggard because it's a great word, but don't get called a sluggard. Go to the ant, you sluggard. Consider his ways and be wise. 
then it says it is no commander, no overseer, no ruler. But what does the ant know? The ant knows that winter is coming. The ant knows that tomorrow is coming. The ant knows that tomorrow matters. Go to the ant, he says. What does the ant do? The ant, it stores its provision in summer, gathers its food at the harvest. What does the ant know? The ant knows that tomorrow matters. Even the ant knows that tomorrow matters. Yeah. I'll take that. That's an hallelujah in my book. You know, when we understand that tomorrow matters, it will transform your life today. So have faith, church. Have faith. Trust in the Lord your God. Lean not on your own understanding, but in all your ways acknowledge him. And what will he do? He will make your path straight. Trust in God. Let's pray together. My prayer for you is that you will get rich in every way. I pray that you will invest in your marriage. You are rich with the blessings of intimacy in your marriage. I pray that you will invest in your children. That you will be blessed in overwhelming relationship with Jesus. Your kids following him and serving him in all that they say and do. I pray that you will be rich in your friendships. That you will be rich in spiritual community. That you would have friends who would lay down their life for you as you would for them. I pray that you will invest in your church and you will realize that you don't go to church but you are the church. As you pour out your gifts and your resources into the church, you recognize that this church is making a difference here in Sunbury. I pray that you would steward wisely your resources. Recognize that less is more, stress is bad, giving is good and tomorrow matters. One day you will wake up and you will realize that never have you been so blessed. And when you recognize that blessing, you will know it has come from God. Pray that you will enjoy some of it and use much of it to be a blessing in this world. Father, I pray that your Holy Spirit would speak life into us. Encourage us, God, from the truth of your word. May it transform us. Lead us to make changes, God, in our life that we would glorify you and trust you with our lives, with our all, with our everything. Father, I thank you. Thank you that you are a God of revelation. I thank you that you speak to your people. Every time we come into your presence, we are aware of your presence. You minister to us. Thank you that your word is living and active. God, I thank you that you have something to say to every single one of us. God, empower us today to change, to transform, give us wisdom. Lead us step by step. Help us to recognize that tomorrow matters. I want to pray for those of you who are hurting significantly financially today. I pray that years from now, hours, days, weeks, 
from now it would be a memory and you would look back and say, see how God was faithful. See how he began to heal and to change me. See how he has miraculously provided everything I need. Amen. Amen. For more information about St. Saviour's, please visit our website at www.stsaviourssunbury.org.uk. Thank you.